Hello, and welcome to American Road Trip Talk, where you meet the people and visit the places behind the stories in American Road Magazine. I'm your host, Foster Brown. Nothing says Christmas quite like sparkling lights, mistletoe, and leg lamps. That is, of course, if you're a fan of the 1983 holiday movie, A Christmas Story. The film chronicles an hilarious holiday season during the 1950s through the eyes of a child. In one classic scene, the father proudly displays his sweepstakes prize, which happens to be a lamp in the shape of a woman's leg. The story, of course, is pure fiction, but not the house. It still exists in a Cleveland, Ohio, working-class neighborhood. Our guest is Steve Sidlecki, the executive director of the Christmas Story House and Museum, and he'll fill us in on more of the details. You can visit the Christmas Story House in Cleveland or online at their homepage to find the times for visiting and some of the merchandise from the movie. Just imagine how you'd look in one of those pink bunny pajamas. One of my favorite parts of a recent issue of the American Road Magazine is something called Grand Old Six. It's about U.S. 6, but actually it's about a house that's a few blocks away from U.S. 6. And that is the house where they filmed the movie A Christmas Story. And with me today, I'm delighted to say, is Steve Sidlecki, who is the executive director of the house and the museum around it. Steve, welcome to American Road Trip Talk. Uh, Thank you for having me. Delighted to have you with us. Steve, could you help us to kind of step back to the beginning and talk about this house in Cleveland, which was, as I understand it, was just a house like any other house on the block in in Cleveland that the film company took over in 1983 to make the movie. Am I right about that, or was it built to specifications? No, uh, basically it's, it's just, you know, just any old house in the neighborhood. Um, it just happened to, um, just by luck, uh, be w- exactly what the you know movie makers were looking for. A lot of it for you know Hollywood purposes, for filming purposes. A lot of the things came together uh, r- perfect. You know the, yeah. the intersection gave for nice, good sweeping shots. The empty lot gave for a lot of setup and equipment. And the filmmakers were also looking for steel mills in the background. I was growing up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the time, and it reminded me of so many houses I had seen in my neighborhoods. So it was very representative of that. So when the movie was finished shooting in 1983, did it quickly become a, a special place to be, or did it kind of fall out of use? I, it, it pretty much fell out of use. It was it was a rental unit before and after the movie. So, um, you know, movie came, they filmed, they left, and it went back to being a rental unit up until... Uh, 2005, when Brian uh, bought the house, uh, it was it remained a rental unit uh, that they tried to, at various times, renovate to be more of an appealing rental unit. Uh, they knew it was a Christmas story house, uh, but the people that owned it at the time didn't have the means to do anything about sure. it, so they just continued to rent it out and you know, do the renovations they could to make it more mm-hmm. appealing for that purpose. Does it look basically the same as it did during the time you know during the movie shoot? Yeah, the the, the outside is exactly you know, as you would see it. Um, on the when you're watching the movie, um, so the interior is slightly different because when they went back to the, the sound stage, they made the house to be more of a single family house. The house that we do even was a duplex, so uh-huh. it, it was slightly different on the inside. So when you do get inside, you are going to see some differences. Now the the sound stage that they did create was mostly a model of the interior of the house. So you know the entry room where right. Randy's getting his snowsuit on, and the living room where they're sitting down in front of the radio and everything. All mm-hmm. that does look pretty. 
similar, except then on the movie you have the dining room that you see various, they'll come right. down the steps and they'll swing around through the dining room. We don't have a dining room. That would basically be our neighbor's driveway. <laughs> uh, there, there are a few differences in that. You know, we had to take a larger soundstage and bring it into a smaller house. Where was that soundstage created, by the way? Was it in, was it in Hollywood? Was it in the Cleveland the, uh, area? The, 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 the soundstage was up in Toronto, Canada. Okay, so we had the exterior of the house is pretty much the same. Now, tell me the story of how this became this complex now, which is a Christmas story house and museum, and the story of Brian Jones back in 2005. Uh, Brian, he was, he was in the Navy. Uh, he wanted to be a pilot. Uh, it kind of ran in his family. His dad was a pilot, and, you know, so... He kind of wanted to um, do the same, and he went to the Naval Academy, and unfortunately for him, uh, he failed the vision test. Uh, he was taken into, put into, you know, intelligence officer and doing some work in, in that area, mm-hmm. and it's not exactly what he wanted. As kind of a consolation gift, you know, his parents decided they were going to make him a leg lamp. It was always been a family favorite. The leg lamp, by the way, for those of you who have seen a movie, we, say, we need to say no more. For those of you who haven't, it's a key element in the movie. It is a woman's long leg in a black fishnet stocking that has been topped with a lampshade and this is a this incredible prize that the dad wins in this contest so they his folks bought him uh, like a souvenir size of that they actually made it yes they, they went to the garment district in la and got you know a mannequin leg and got a you know a single shoe and the fishnet stockings and oh my they goodness. made it themselves and you know delivered to him on the naval base <laughs> as kind of a consolation, and sitting there in his room, you know, anytime somebody would come by, they'd be like, "Ooh, where did you get that?" You know, and you know, some people joked around. He's like, "Hey, you could probably sell these," and it kind of, you know, kind of clicked in Brian's mind that you know maybe I can try and you know sell these. So he left the Naval Academy, went back to San Diego, and started making them in his living room of his condo. Oh my goodness! And the first year, you know, I think it was maybe like a thousand or so that he sold, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sold maybe another thousand or so the following year. Sold out of everything he was able to make, and then the house came up for sale. And ah. he kind of, you know, looked back. The, you know, he sold maybe around two, three thousand lamps, and that's you know potentially two, three thousand people that would hey want to go see this house. The more people that go to the house, the more people don't want legs. So vice versa, <laughs> you know, he put two and two together and. It, it made perfect sense, you know, if I'm making the leg, yeah. why not have the house? People want to buy the leg and go to the house and go to the house and buy a leg and all that stuff. I got so. you. So around and around we go, and, and basically yep. the idea had a leg to stand on. Yes. If you'll pardon yes. the pun. Yes. We're talking with Steve Sidlecki, by the way, who is the executive director of the what is now the Christmas Story House and Museum. So 2005, he buys the house, and then he put a great deal of money into renovating at that point. And did, did he have the vision then for the, the whole museum that is now uh, apparently a, another building that's next to it? Well, yeah, initially the idea was to just have the house. Um, we, starting off, really didn't have very many, you know, movie artifacts. We did have... Um, Upon him buying the house, he did get in contact with some of the actors, such as Flick and Randy and Scott Farkas. And um, the ones that did have anything from the movie, uh, mainly Randy, uh, who's played by Ian Petrella, he offered the snowsuit that he had and oh the one that he received, received for Christmas as some initial beginning displays. Oh, I saw the kids. Randy had he been able to keep that from the movie. They yes, gave that to yes. him. A couple of people were able to you know, keep a few things. 
And so those initially were the beginning of the displays. We also had some behind-the-scenes photos that were, you know, given by him and also a couple of the actors. So it started off initially to be small. And so the original plan was to have just just the house. But um, as kind of things grew and, you know, trying to find a place for merchandise, it just seemed that if we, you know, put a museum and a gift shop inside the house, it kind of took away from the house. Uh-huh. Uh, so it just yes. so happened that the house across the street was for sale. We purchased that, and that initially became, you know, our museum and gift shop. And then oh, the following year, we moved to another house for our gift shop. So we got three little houses on the corner here. That is fascinating. Now, I, I would imagine, of course, around the Christmas time, that there'd be a lot of people who would stop by and visit it. Oh, do you have a year-round traffic to the Christmas house? We do, yeah, we are open year-round, and we do stay steady. Um, you know, yes, November, December is our busiest time. Sure. Um, but, you know, we, we do, uh, you know, July and August, when a lot of people are traveling on vacation for summer, we do get good crowds. You know, we do get, you know, and anytime really someone's kind of going on in Cleveland, we do kind of, we do benefit from that. So it's always, you know, stuff going on here, you know, we hope to bring some in. But in yeah. our stay steady year-round, we obviously have our two big peak months. Now, uh, Steve, have any of the actors come back to the house? That would have been um, for our grand opening, which was in 2006. And ah, okay. Since, yeah, and, and since then we've had... Um, three or four conventions um, over the past few years <laughs> where Flick, Randy, Scott Farkas, Grover Dill, Miss Shields, the two elves, Black Bart have all come back at various times um, and, you know, got together and, you know, talked to fans and signed autographs. Now, I'm wondering, has, has, uh, has uh, Peter Billingsley, who who played Ralphie, who was kind of the kid, the central role in it, has has he ever come back? No, he has not. Uh, we we have, you know, like I said, had the others though. It, you know, we're, we're we're hoping, you know, maybe some time down the line he might, but as as of right now, no, he hasn't. <laughs> when when uh, maybe when his leg lamp breaks, he'll come back. Yeah. Do they still make the leg lamps and sell them there? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we do sell them here in the gift shop. We also um, have a website where you can order if you you know don't want to make it out here, can't make the trip out here, you could always go to our website. We have a gift shop there, which pretty much everything that's available here in a gift shop, you can get shipped to you no matter where you live. Oh, my goodness. And that website, by the way, folks, is achristmasstoryhouse.com. Now, I'm curious. Were you alive, Steve, when the movie was shot? I was, but I was I was only four. <laughs> so what's it been like for you being in this kind of historic setting? Um, it, it, it's really cool for me because I do have um, my degree in history. Um, so it was something that... You know, when I, when I saw that Brian had bought the house, and I've always been familiar with this neighborhood because I've had family that grew up in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I've done research on this neighborhood in previous jobs. So it was always it, it was interesting when Brian had bought it because I've seen the house get fixed up and fall apart. And this sure. was somebody who was willing to, willing to put their money into it, willing to do something to yeah. preserve it. Yeah. And I thought it was a great idea, so I contacted him, and, you know, we talked a few times, and... You know, here I am now. What's happened to the neighborhood around that house? Has it stayed pretty much a neighborhood, or has it changed a lot? Uh, it, it's pretty much stayed a neighborhood. Um, in th- this this particular neighborhood is, you know, um, you know, you, your typical middle working class, and you know, they're okay. nice old, you know, older homes. You know, um, people do their best to keep them up, so it, it gives a good feel. Um, when you're down here, it's not like you you come into those, you know, kind of neighborhoods where it's, you know, one old house and you have some modern brick houses there. Right. They're all nice old houses. It gives a good feeling. That is and neat. So, Steve, has uh, Brian Jones, who, uh, you know, bought the house and, and was uh, making the lamps, what's he doing with himself nowadays? 
Uh, this is what he does. Uh, we, we, we do have a warehouse also um, out here uh, that we do our shipping out of, but, you know, he, you know, still out in San Diego, handles behind-the-scenes stuff with the ordering and, you know, dealing with, you know, Warner Brothers and, you know, and just all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on in a business. He still does that. That is really cool. Well, I, I see that he has chosen the wiser part in staying in warm and sunny San Diego yeah, and letting yeah. you guys stay there in Cleveland where uh, in these winter months uh, have been a pretty tough time. But that's the setting of the Christmas story there. Uh, Steve, I want to thank you very much for being with us on this America Road Trip Talk. It's been a delight talking with you, and I hope much success to you and to all the other folks there at the uh, museum. You know, American Road Magazine just celebrated an important milestone. Ten years of beautiful pictures, engaging stories, and color tours along America's heritage byways. During that decade, our magazine has not only grown in subscribers, but in the ways that people like you can enjoy the magazine's contents in new ways. So if you like these podcasts, then you're just the person who should subscribe to the digital edition of our magazine. Just visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com and click on the Preview Our Magazine icon. You'll get a sample of the most recent digital edition and the opportunity to sign up for electronic delivery of our next issues. While you're on the homepage, check out all of the other features like our blogs, trip itineraries, special deals, sweepstakes, and so much more. You can even friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Till we meet again on the American Road for another Trip Talk, I'm your host, Foster Brown, reminding you that the joy is in the journey.